Welcome to the Side Action Podcast, the sports gambling show that covers everything in the world of sports betting from A through Z. We'll cover the four major sports as well as anything and everything in between worth some action and we'll increase the size of your bankroll. And here we go. Welcome to the Side Action, episode four of season four. My name is Jim Weglars, a.k.a. Weggs. You can follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm Steve Roberts, a.k.a. Action. You can follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. Follow the podcast and Side Action Pod on Twitter. So, Action, uh, we'll talk about our big weekend in a minute, but how was the rest of your weekend? Um, it was good. We got out and went on the boat on Saturday. It was beautiful here, like upper 70s and really sunny. Probably, I'm guessing, the last weekend that we'll really get out and use it. So it was kind of like the last hurrah. We went out with a couple of friends and just parked in the cocktail cove and had drinks all day, which turned out great because Indiana lost, Purdue lost. Basically, <laughs> my entire college football Saturday sucked. So it was a good uh, reprieve. That's good. How That's was your good. weekend? It was great. You know, I had a big, the last kind of tournament of the year on Saturday, uh, performed pretty well, very high comp- level of competition. So it was good to kind of go against the big boys. A lot of these guys, six four, six five dudes just pounding the ball straight down. So it was definitely uh, an interesting experience. I laid low on, on Sunday because I had this big retreat for work, which you know, I will mention this part. Have a COVID scare. You know, I'm used to that uh, action. So, uh, Apparently somebody tested positive that was in my close proximity. So I'm going to be sequestering myself for a couple of days here in the uh, Edgewater studio and getting tested over the weekend to see if I can avoid the COVID bug again, even though I'm vaccinated. So, uh, you know, along with that retreat was awesome, but it was like nothing ever existed in terms of COVID. We were, yeah. you know, karaoke and drinking and doing car bombs and, and doing everything we always do with these things. So, Fun time, unfortunately. And what was funny about it, as I mentioned before the pod to you, is like my boss who was at the retreat got a totally different email. He did not get the, hey, you were close thing. And they're just like, just be aware. <laughs> Whereas I'm the one like, you were within six feet for at least 15 minutes or something, whatever they said. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you got to watch out for Big Brother. They got eyes on you. Exactly. They've got a, they've got a tracker on me right now. So. So anyway, well, we'll see what happens. But um, but the important news, and we'll talk about it even more later. We went four and one in the contest, so mm-hmm. awesome start so far. You know, seven and seven out of ten so far. We're excited about that. Let's keep keep the momentum going. Yeah, it was a huge week. Four and one, now up to seven and three. Which I think I know you have our records going back, but it's got to be the hottest start that we've had through two weeks in our three seasons. Yeah, I think so. I think. Uh, Usually we go like three and two, like two and three, or like kind of 500, or sometimes we even get up. We don't get a lot of pushes, I guess, but yeah, I don't think we've started this hot. So definitely let's keep it rolling and um, and let's see what's happening. So let's well, now I mean, you're going to be holed up in the apartment all weekend, so you can just research between now and tomorrow at 6 p.m. and we'll get all the picks, right? I'm going to run all the algorithms. I'm going to uh, contact all my correspondents in the various with the beat reporters in the various cities to get all the intel there you that go. you need. Uh, so let's uh, let's roll into this NFL Week Two. Um, we had a lot of things go on. Underdogs are still killing in action. Nine and seven against the spread in Week Two. You know they killed it in Week One. And you know the road dogs over the first two weeks are thirteen and four. That is monstrous. 
Yeah, it's uh, quite a big number for the road underdogs to be coming through at that clip. It's extremely impressive. And I think it's pretty clear to me that the home field advantage is really just dwindling every single time that I put my thoughts to it. I don't know how you feel about home field. Yeah, it's weird. Conceptually, I don't understand that because, I mean, I saw some huge crowds, really fired up people. But maybe just it's going to take a minute to get used to the crowds again for everybody. We don't have it as a note, but I will say that there are so many penalties in these games and it's kind of hard to watch. So I wonder at some point when that levels out, maybe that helps the home teams a little bit. I mean, and we had the pick in in Dallas, but I mean, the Chargers, I mean, literally took points off the board, I think twice in that game because of stupid penalties down in the red zone. So, you know, who knows if that plays a factor. I'm not sure what, I mean, the emphasis on taunting is one thing, which I, that's a wonderful thing, but it's just flag after flag out there. Yeah, that game in particular was hard to watch in the second half. And speaking of unders, I mean, you and I, the number last week rose from 51 to 55 and right out of the gate, it looked like they were going to fly over the total. And after 14-11 first half, it ended 17-14, which was remarkable. Yeah, I mean, that would be one to really hit the unders, even in the second half, because you figure it's going to score more points in the second half. They couldn't get anything on the board. You know, and we could talk about the end of that game. It's in our favor, but right. he sucks. I, I need to fire this guy. I mean, what is he doing? He's running the ball, and without, I, I don't know what he was doing in that game. But Yeah, d- but, despite yeah. the win from the Cowboys, I think that you have to take McCarthy even further down in the coaching hierarchy based on the decision-making at the end was just unfathomable he's horrible i mean if you didn't have the penalties and i mean herbert played okay i mean he had a couple throws there but yeah i think we it's kind of weird i i think in the end we actually run the wrong side we won that we won the bat but um, we probably run the wrong side of that one even though i mean i I like dallas i think they're playing pretty good it's just despite mccarthy Mm -hmm. again had a better coach in there they'd, they'd be really good so to that point, it looks like it was a split this week with the totals, you know, under eight and eight, it was eight and eight, uh, basically this week. So a little bit of a, a shift, you know, back to, cause I think last week was a lot of unders, but I also noted that road teams in general last week were 10 and six ATS. This included the favorites. So to your point, again, the road teams are dominating right now. We'll see what happens in week three. Maybe there's a switch. Um, now this note is interesting for you because this is kind of leading to our picks later. Um, Traditionally, 0-2 teams against the spread bounce back in a big way in Week 3. Mm-hmm. You've listed 60% over the last 11 years. That's right. Yeah, so this year there's five teams that qualify for 0-2 against the spread. And remember, this is key because it's against the number, not necessarily the record that you'll see posted on ESPN or CBS.com. And right. those teams are the Atlanta Falcons, mm-hmm. the New York Jets, <laughs> Jacksonville Jaguars and two teams that are surprising on this list are Kansas City the Chiefs and the Washington football team both teams that you and I were high on coming into the season yeah, it's tough I mean the Washington football team did get the win last week on Thursday night it was kind of a weird game weird finish you know the Giants kind of blew that game and they actually didn't cover but they won the game outright and then the Chiefs that was just a remarkable game, and that football game was exciting. But you know, we were we were on different sides of that one, and mm-hmm. I, you know my narrative worked out. But the Chiefs didn't have any problem scoring. It's just their defense, and that's what's happened in the first two games. The Browns 
destroyed them for three quarters in Kansas City. So that's going to be the big emphasis going forward. I do want to say, and we'll talk about it later, I did, forgot this of note, the Jaguars are playing in London this week, are they not? Really? Uh, that's news to me. <laughs> so, because I was looking at it, I'm like, I can't find this game. Oh, it's at 10 in the morning, uh, Central or whatever. Maybe it's Eastern. You know, let's just double check if I'm saying factual information to our loyal listeners. But yeah, that says noon. Yeah. yeah. Well, forget that. Forget that narrative. I was thinking they're playing in. Uh, maybe that's. Maybe I heard on Beeson that they're playing there eventually. Now they're in Jacksonville. So forget. Yeah, that I think they do. Ha- I think they have two games in London this year, perhaps, they, but it might be a little bit further out in the schedule. That's when we really want to count on the Jaguars because they're awesome in London. I, I think that's a good narrative. I mean, we're going to talk about it later. I know you like the Jags, hint, hint, but I got to see them prove it first before I'm going to put my hard-earned cash behind them. We'll so, talk about the highs and lows from last week. The highs, my guy, King Henry, the guy just dominated, 182 yards rushing, three TDs, mostly in the second half again. He had that big run in the second half, and, man, Seattle just looked like a, they just, just wilted in that game. Mm-hmm. So, and they ended up coming from behind. I was shocked because early in that game, it was, what, 24 to 6 or something. They were getting pounded. Oh, and then still didn't give up a run to run. It wasn't that – they weren't moving the ball, though, I guess, in the first half. So They were. And Julio had a touchdown right at the end of the half. It should have been six, but they overturned right. it conspicuously. And they ended up settling for three. And they were down big at halftime. I was surprised mm-hmm. that they came back in the second half. But Henry just wore them down, apparently. Yeah, that's the defense we'll see. They, you know, a little suspect. Your guy, I know he's on your fantasy team, Kyler Murray, 400 yards. My God, three TDs, rushing TD. He did have two interceptions, and they should have lost this game, right? I don't know. Yeah. They didn't yeah. know. They won this game. Well, yeah, they won, but they should have lost. The Vikings had a field goal to win it that missed, just like Vikings kickers always do. That's right. The the Vikes, you know, he's within uh, whatever. And I guess they covered the spread there, so they're not on our list up there, but they're one of the only two teams. 37-yard field goal. How does this team back-to-back lose? But on the positive side – Murray looks healthy. He looks great. That's two weeks in a row he's really played. I mean, it's hard to argue whether he's more dynamic than Lamar Jackson after Monday night, but who cares? They're 1-1A. One one They're incredible players. But how about your uh, Derek Carr and the Raiders? I know our proxy loves this team. He's already – I know he's got the jersey, but he's been talking about it every time I can I talk to this guy. You're down in the Raiders. You're down. I'm like, yeah, they're playing great. They've been playing great the last two seasons. Let's see if they can sustain it. But – Huge game against that supposedly tough defense in Pittsburgh. 382 yards and two touches. Yeah, I, I think um, relative to expectations, the Raiders were the biggest performance of the weekend, in my opinion. And Derek Carr specifically has thrust himself into the MVP race. Unfortunately, he picked up a little bit of an injury during the game, an ankle injury that looks like uh, will potentially limit him a little bit against the Dolphins this weekend. Okay. And note, America, that was our one loss, by the way. Thanks, Steelers. And then we just mentioned Lamar Jackson and, and in general, the Ravens. They did get the monkey off the back, beating Kansas City. 239 yards passing, 107 yards rushing for this dude, three touchdowns. He was unstoppable. And I I will say about Greg Roman, their offensive coordinator, so creative. I mean, you watch the game. They're, They're pulling out a guard to the right, pulling out a guard to the left, and Lamar Jackson's running right up the middle. Yeah. So there's no blocking for the guy because they're, they're making the linebackers flow. And I mean, it's, it's, 
it's impressive what they're doing on offense. I hope they can kind of sustain it in, in the playoffs because sometimes it gets jammed up. But it was fun to watch. Both both teams were great to watch on Monday night. Yeah, and I heard several reports post-game on Sunday that Chris Jones, apparently the, has played defensive tackle his whole career, mm-hmm. and now yes. the Chiefs have kicked him out to the end, and they just ran right at him because he had no idea what to do on some of those RPO plays, and they were just going by him every time. Right, right. Made him look, made him look bad. On the low side, Miami's offense, boy. Now, obviously, Tua got knocked out of the game. He's got broken ribs, but even with Tua, they weren't good. And Jacoby Brissett, you know him well. He's been in Indy for a while. He didn't look so great either. Um, I mean, obviously, you said it. You made this call. We stayed away from this game in the contest. But Buffalo owns this team for some reason, and they destroyed him. Was it final 35 nothing or 35 zip. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I. I wrote in here, Brissett clearly not as mobile as Tua. They ended up sacking him four times in the, right. the period that he was in the game. But I really do think the more that I thought about it, there's not a huge drop-off from Tua to Brissett. And I think that's something that is key to the handicap this week against the Raiders. Right. No, he's a solid backup. Really good backup. One of the better backups in the league. Uh, the other lows, we've already mentioned it. The Chiefs defense, you mentioned Chris Jones in general. In fact, if they didn't have... The pick six early, and I think the Honey Badger had another pick in the game. That would have been, I think it was in the red zone. It was. That's essentially 14 more points that the Ravens could have scored. I mean, look, that defense can't stop anybody right now. Maybe the Shockers could score on the Chiefs right now uh, if we can find a league to play in. That's our running back. (laughs) Exactly right. Um, But they're they're not good. Yeah, 32nd ranked, which is last against the run. Um, not good. Although, I mean, they did play probably the two best running offenses in the league so far. Cleveland's number one, and Baltimore is certainly high up there on the list. So there is a little bit of a, um, opponent bias there. That's good. Good Good point, Ash. I like that. Zach, well, in general, the, the rookie quarterback struggled this week. Zach Wilson, particularly, which we took advantage of against the Patriots, he had four interceptions in this game. You, you're saying he leaps in the interception race. This, why don't you tell everybody about your prop that you like to, to bet on each year with these rookie QBs? I'm mad because I didn't bet it, but Trevor Lawrence is <laughs> up there in his own right. I think he had four in week one, and he followed mm-hmm. it up with two more, so he's in the lead with six. Or maybe it's five. Anyhow, the, these two guys are certainly going to uh, lead the league, and I've been searching for interception props. We, Jared Goff last week, and I looked for these sure. two guys this week, and they don't even offer one for Zach Wilson. It's you have to go over one and a half if you want to bet on his interceptions. Interesting, yeah, he's he's definitely, you know, he he was trying to do too much. I mean, he he didn't, he didn't realize he was wasn't playing, you know, independent BYU against God knows team that they would play last year. We were talking about a Belichick defense, and it, he looked bad. Sala was even like, sometimes you got to make the ugly play or the not fancy play to make it work, and yeah. you go from there. They'll bounce back. Uh, Lawrence, you just mentioned it. He, they haven't looked good uh, in two games you know, with Jacksonville in this offense. He's trying to do a little too much as well. I mean, he's not being helped out by the running game very much either, but he had two more interceptions, as you mentioned. So, you know, all those rookie quarterbacks, even our guy here in Chicago is going to start, you know, Fields. He threw an awful pick six in that game that almost gave it away for the bang, to the Bengals. But, but I, I had to put on here – the Bengals, Joe Burrow, he did something as good as – I know you're a Burrow guy. He threw interceptions, three interceptions on three consecutive throws. I mean, that's like the first time in NFL history. Yeah, that is an incredible stat. I didn't realize it until you put it on here. 
but mm. that certainly helped out our pick last week. And thankfully yes. the bears got that cushion because Justin Fields gave it right back when he entered the game. Yeah. Rough, rough. They give up that big bomb to Daryl 20, 20 to three, give up the bomb to chase for like six, 50, 60. And then like two plays later, inexplicably, they're not running the ball. He, he doesn't see the guy dropping in the zone, throws it right to him, pick mm-hmm. six. But they got out of it, got the win, and got us the cover. So thanks, Joe Burrow, for helping that out. Because one of those three was a pick six for the, the yeah. Bengals. Uh, Smith. And I, I we talk about the freshmen and the sophomores who are throwing a lot of interceptions. But mm-hmm. I got to add, my man Mac Jones has looked great for the Patriots so far. Mm-hmm. Hasn't thrown one yet. And uh, knock on wood, hopefully he can maintain that for the Pats. He's your man, huh? Well, I, I mean, I'm going to be backing him. We'll, we can talk about that later, but I'm on okay. the bats again this week. Okay. All right, so some of the injuries we mentioned, too, with the ribs. He's going to be on a couple of weeks. Brissett's in. Carson Wentz, give me a break. This guy, he can't stay healthy, but part of it is making stupid-ass plays, by the way. So he's probably not going to play. Is that official? He's got both ankles sprained. Is he not going to play or what? The latest I read on Carson Wentz is 50-50. Mm-hmm. And um, the line, I think, is probably shaded like right in the middle. You know, It's five and a half in the contest, I believe. And I, I really think that the drop-off from Wentz to Eason is slight, two to three points. And it probably would be like six or seven if we hear that Eason is announced a starter. But I think with Wentz, it's probably closer to three. So it appears to me the odds makers just split the difference. And, and it really echoes his actual status. Right. Now, Eason didn't look great in that game, but he was okay, I guess. He threw a couple interceptions as well. Your guy, Ellinger, is on the IR. I don't know if he missed that. I don't think he's even able to play, so I don't know who their next quarterback is if Eason doesn't perform. Tyrod Taylor got knocked out, and you know, it's funny. As soon as Taylor gets out, the the Texans look respectable against the Browns, Mm -hmm. and then Taylor gets knocked out. All of a sudden, the Browns go up by, like, you know, 12 points or something, or 10 points. Davis Mills, the rookie, Definitely not ready for prime time. I'm not sure if you're picking against him, but um, he's definitely not looking great. Were they playing Carolina tonight? That's right. I am definitely picking against the Texans and will do so as long as Davis Mills is the quarterback. He's garbage. We mentioned Fields because Fields was in because Andy Dalton for the Bears got hurt. I don't know if you saw the play. kind of didn't just run out of bounds. He kind of juked and his knee got weird. I don't even know what the status of it. I don't think he tore anything. MCL's brain sprain so that's kind of a mild thing but it, you know three it could be three weeks you know so you got fields has got his chance to take this job and he should keep it you mentioned Derek Carr is playing Ben Roethlisberger has a pectoral injury does that explain why they that offense sucks uh, I think it's just Ben Roethlisberger in general pectoral injury or not I think that he's washed up and uh, I, d- I do think that the quarterback is a major problem for the Steelers yep because I mean Harris has been running hard I don't know if the line's that good but yeah, agreed. But on, on some of the other players outside the quarterback position, we've got Brandon Graham from the Eagles. He's out for the year, uh, the defensive end there, Achilles. Jarvis Landry got an MCL sprain, which kind of hurts. You know, the blood gets your bless him guy. Mm-hmm. Bless him. Bless him for the Browns. He'll be out a couple weeks. TJ Watt, this hurt the Steelers yep. in this game. I think Definitely. it hurt tremendously. He only played, I don't know if he played a full quarter and a half or so, but he uh, hurt his groin. He doesn't look right. I know you have the holdout. He's going to have to get healthy for that defense to be where it needs to be. Uh, and then you have Antonio Brown, COVID, COVID positive. You know, he played great again. So 
Um, you know, I still think the Bucs will have a formidable attack. Maybe Mike Evans will catch a, a football. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Bucs is one team that can sustain an injury like this. I don't think the loss of Brown for one game is going to hurt them. They are 100% vaccinated, though, so as long as he's able to get two negative tests before game time, he'll be able to play even this week, potentially. Okay, okay. So, I don't know, I put a few few names up here for the power rankings, not doing the WEGS index till probably after week four. Uh, but, you know, I've got the Bucks on top. I have the 49ers. It's kind of like it's hard to pick these teams right now, but 49ers, I got as two. The Rams is three. Chiefs is four, even though their defense sucks. And then I've got this Quagmire at five. A lot of people would say the Panthers should definitely be in the top five. Well, I mean, they're going to probably romp again tonight, but the Raiders, Broncos, and Panthers, to me, they're kind of on that same level. All teams are 2-0 and playing really well. Um, how does that match up against your DVOA and your own opinions? Yeah, I put on here the uh, the DVOA with priors. They're still looking at last season's metrics, and it's got Bucks first, Chiefs are second, then Rams, Ravens, Seahawks, and Bills and sixth. Okay. And so a lot of the teams near the top are certainly matching up. Curious, though, that the 49ers aren't on the list. I think that the performance last week at Philadelphia was a really good one, and mm-hmm. – um, it's something that I I would question their not inclusion on this list. Right. What was interesting about this uh, list and in general with the 49ers, you know, they, they only had, they didn't score that game sure. until, I don't know, 35 seconds, 10 seconds ago and a half. They got the touchdown. So they definitely closed in that matchup. And I talked to most of my company are Eagles fans. So oh, yeah. they're upset. But the Eagles also aren't playing too badly. They played solid in that game. We'll see that matchup against Dallas will tell us a lot. Well, let's go into the lines this week. You know, this is what we do. We, we go into the contest lines and then kind of look at it against the market and where we, where we are leaning on certain games. Tonight, we already have said, you know, we're probably looking at Carolina here. Uh, you know, obviously they're eight-point favorites. Now they are at, they're on the road. Is that what they are? On That's the road? in Houston, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the only thing I would say is eight points a lot for any team. But it, with Davis Mills, it's hard to say. This game opened at four and a half, and at 45-point total, so it's ticked down to 43 in the total. Consensus is seven and a half, but the contest feels like it's going to be bet up, and it probably already is over this eight, isn't it? Uh, I think it's still pretty painted. Uh... At eight across the board. Let me pull up my odd screen here. And um, I, yeah, eights. There's one nine at sportsbook.com, but that's probably a teaser protection line because I think this is an ideal game for a teaser. If you take the Panthers down to two points, I, I don't see them losing tonight. And I do like them minus the eight as well. I, I just don't think that Davis Mills is prepared to play quarterback in the NFL right now. He looked awful on Sunday when he came in for uh, Tyrod Taylor. And the Carolina defense has been performing well above expectations. They're number one ranked against the rush and number two against the pass right now in DVOA. Right. Definitely an underrated team. Uh, Very popular survivor pick if you pick early. Uh, A lot of people are taking this team. Let's go to the, you know, the games obviously on Sunday. I screwed up with the Jacksonville thing. So Jacksonville's hosting Arizona. Arizona's a healthy seven and a half in the contest. They opened at nine and a half. Kind of interesting. Uh, and it's been, you know, started 46 point total and now up to 52 and a half. You know, I'm not saying I love the Jags. You know, I don't, but it's a big number. I know the Cardinals played great in week one. 
Mm-hmm. Defense didn't play so good in week two. I mean, at least Minnesota moved the ball enough to win a couple times, I suppose. You know, I don't think they have an answer for Kyler Murray, but seven and a half just seems like a big number. I just stay away from into the contest. Maybe I can't. I know, you know, you know you're not going to pick Jacksonville the contest, but yeah, <laughs> uh, the zero and two narrative coming home. Let's see what happens. You know. Yeah, I, I, you know, like I said earlier, I don't think that we can get behind the Jaguars in this spot, uh, even at seven and a half, which is a good number um, mm-hmm. when you're looking at the hook. My concern is just the Jaguars' offensive line going to go, going up against Chandler Jones and the Cardinals' pass rush. I'm not sure that Trevor Lawrence is going to have a clean pocket at all in this game. And um, unlike Kirk Cousins last week, who had some success, I, I'm not sure that Trevor Lawrence is going to. And I did look up an interception prop in this. What would you say the odds are of Trevor Lawrence interception this weekend? So you mean just any interception? Yeah, over 0.5 interceptions. Okay. Um, boy, I would say it's probably minus 300. Oh, that's a good guess. 245. Okay. So, yeah, it's pretty heavy to the, to the yes on that one. 71%. Of the mm-hmm. time he throws the interception, and uh, if that happens, it certainly will not help the Jaguars' cause. That's right. That's right. Okay, let's go to the next game. This is a near and dear game to your heart. I'm interested to hear what you have to say. The Colts are going to Tennessee. Colts are one of those teams that are 0-2, and they definitely need to bounce back. They did you know, cover last week, technically, against the Rams. Against the Titans, who, I mean, without that miraculous second half, would, would also be 0-2. This game opened at a five-point five favorite for Tennessee, 54.5-point total. It's all the way down to 48. That's got to be with Wentz, I guess. Mm-hmm. Still around that same five-and-a-half in, in the contest. It's five-and-a-half. Um, so it's tough action. I don't like this game at all. Uh, I think the Colts aren't going to be good with Eason, but this is a rivalry game. The Colts kind of have to win this game. Otherwise, I don't think they even make the playoffs at 0-3 after losing – you know, in the, you know, obviously a big game in the division. That's on the road, but what is your take on this game? I mean, I, I think the number is too high. I have mm-hmm. to be honest. It, w- despite Carson Wentz's potential injury, and even if um, Eason plays, I think the number is too high. The, mm-hmm. These teams are really closer to even, and uh, given the Titans two points for home field, I think it should be at least a field goal, and yeah. uh, if not two and a half. So I really think that there's value on the Colts here. The, the mm-hmm. Tennessee Titans have a really bad run defense, and I expect that Jonathan Taylor is going to have a big game. So I think that lessens the impact that Eason may have as a starter. Yeah. And you mentioned he threw an interception. Um, the the Rams all-world cornerback just baited him into that one. I forget the guy's name. But, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, Ramsey, thanks. And, you know, I think Eason was kind of put in a bad spot because – Wentz caught a lot of heat for not returning to the game in the mm. media. And uh, they just kind of thrust Eason out there and he threw that interception. So I, I think that the Colts and the Colts have a lot of success in Tennessee too. They won and covered their last season and uh, they won both games against the Titans in 2019 as well. So, I mean, they certainly have their number. Um, the Titans defense is really bad too. So I, I think there may be some value with the Colts, but maybe we color it yellow. What do you think? Yeah, color yellow. I, I mean, obviously, if Hilton was playing the game, he owns the Titans. True. Like, I was touchdown against these guys, but he's on IR. But uh, Pittman played well last week, and he played really well. I don't know if yeah. he played that well with, with Wentz or with, with both quarterbacks. 
I'm, I'm with you. It's a divisional game, you know, divisional road dog, five and a half. It's too many. It should be three and a half or maybe four, you know, so. Yeah. Right. All right, here we go. Baltimore, Detroit, another popular survivor pick for Baltimore. Baltimore traveling to Detroit opened at three and a half. I'm not sure when they made that number, actually. Uh, three and a half point total. It is up to eight in the contest. You see eight and a half some some places. And the total's up to 49 and a half, which kind of makes sense because Baltimore's going to score and then Detroit will try to catch them. I know it's weird. I, I love Baltimore. I think they're amazing. It's a little bit of a letdown spot in my view. So I'm not jumping all on board with the eight. I would probably pick them in Survivor. I think I have one more better pick we'll talk about later for that. But um, what do you think about this game? Yeah, I think that uh, the number is a little bit too heavy. Um, the Lions played pretty well on Monday night in the first half before the right. rain started and Jared Goff just dropped the football <laughs> all over the place. Uh, and I think that the Lions showed a lot of fight in, bo- in both of their games so far, I expected them to be really bad, but mm-hmm. you and I watched them in Vegas as they made the comeback against the Niners to cover, and I was actually impressed with Jared Goff and DeAndre Swift and the offense on Monday night in the first half. So mm-hmm. I I think that they're going to be feisty at home, and eight points is a lot to lay on the road for the Ravens. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm with you. I just I don't know if I can back Detroit in the contest, but I, I think you're right sure. on that. Fair. Okay, here we go. A couple of our darling teams. Washington's going to Buffalo. Uh, Washington opened as a three-point favorite. Is that? Am I reading that correctly? Yep. In a four-one and yep. a half point total. Oh, you're right. That number is odd. I'm not sure that's accurate. That's that might have been on the wrong side. I don't know when that when that happened, but they're now a seven and a half point dog at at the Bills and a forty-six point total. You know, it's tough. I. Washington got the win. It seems like people are back in Heineke, which, hey, he's a great kid. He's confident. I don't know. You know, the the Washington defense hasn't played the way we want them to, and the Bills certainly are a better team. It's a big number, though. So, I mean, I have it on my card to, to back Washington. I don't know if I have the cojones to do it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm looking on the action app here, it looks like they're showing it the opener of seven. So, that seems a little bit more reasonable. And obviously right. at some point in the middle of this week, this number rose to eight or nine at mm-hmm. some books. And now currently you're looking at seven and a half across the board. So yeah. that leads me to think that there's some influential money in this market that are back in the football team right. in this game. And uh, I think that's probably warranted. Um, mm-hmm. Heineke has performed a little bit better than I anticipated since he came in as the starter. But uh, on the other side, the Washington football defense hasn't performed up to their expectations. So that's something that gives me a little bit of pause. They're giving up 5.7 yards per play in the first two games Mm -hmm. against the Chargers and the Giants. And um, I think that the Bills might be able to move the ball on them. But, uh, you know, this is another team that's 0-2 against the spread. So they do fall into that category of a team that is hitting 60% over the last 11 years. So right. I, I would consider putting the football team on our card. Okay. Let's put it as yellow. Okay. Put it as yellow. See where we're at. <laughs> what, do you, what do you make of Josh Allen's performance through the first two weeks? He's certainly not playing up to the high bar that he set last year. Yeah. I mean, it, he, he obviously had massive expectations like he was going to be you know, Patrick Mahomes this year, right? Or, or mm-hmm. a combination of Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. He was the next MVP. 
you know, they, they haven't come out of the gates well. They, they definitely closed in that game against Miami. Um, they did what they needed to do, and then they just kind of pounded on them later when who was out. So I think they're they're getting right, but maybe being the front runner is a little different for this team. And, uh, I mean, they did. He connected with Diggs, which is what he needs to do. Diggs is his key guy in that offense. But the other guy that needs to play well for them is, like, Cole Beasley, right? They, he had that amazing year last year, and I just feel like, you know, he's got to remember he's got to go deep and short. You know, he's got to put it all over the field. So I don't think he's meeting expectations, but I expect him to bounce back. Fair. Uh, the next game is New Orleans and New England. Uh, traditionally, this would be a really great game. I'm not sure it opened as a pick, I guess, 46.5 point total. As the teams played, which is funny, New Orleans was way up, way great, and they were terrible last week against Carolina. You've got this New England being the three-point favorite in a 42.5-point total, very low total, which we could talk about that too. It sounds like you're on the Patriots. I'm I'm staying away, Ash, and I'm, I'm afraid of this game. I think that, you know, Pey- Peyton is going to rise to the challenge against his, you know, a guy who's a great coach. I'm not saying that they're going to win the game. I just feel like – they're going to have a good game plan. I don't know what happened last week. I know that they had the five injuries, um, or five injuries on defense and the eight co- coaches with COVID. So yeah. I don't know who was in the building, but um, sounds like you're back in New England though. Yeah. I saw that in, in your blog post about the defensive injuries. I guess I wasn't aware of that. Were those starters last week that were yeah. missing? Lattimore didn't play. Um, I have to go through the list, but Tons of people didn't play. I don't know what the deal was. Like, they thought they could just roll out there against Carolina. But, yeah, lots of guys missed the time. Yeah, certainly something that we should check into on the the uh, Saints injury reports here if we're even mm-hmm. considering this. It so- sounds like I'll have to talk you into it. But, uh, <laughs> I, you know, this is a game in New England, and I've just mm-hmm. been – Something that I've been trying to incorporate into my handicapping so far this season is to look at the market sentiment where a line opens early in the week and then where it gets driven to by game time because, in my mind, that's the most efficient number. You have hundreds and uh, thousands of people who are betting on these games, and the the numbers essentially get pounded into place and would give me some indication how how the uh, sharp NFL handicappers have an expectation for a team. And the Patriots have seen the number move in their direction in both weeks now. They opened two and a half against Miami. It went to three and a half. And then last week against the Jets, it went from four to five and a half. And again, this week, you see a number that opened at Pickham and now they're three point favorites, uh, which tells me that the Patriots are catching a lot of attention from sharp betters every week. Mm -hmm. So it's probably the defense. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and obviously with Jameis playing like he played pretty poorly last week. Uh, the team played terribly, but the, he played poorly. He doesn't make the team go, but they just – they probably figure they can stop the run with Kamara. Right. And, yep. But I, I just wonder if the Saints defense, which didn't play great last week, if they're going to play better this week. You know what I mean? Um, you know, they have a good enough defense to trick the young guy, and also they're going to try to stop the run. And New Orleans is pretty good against the run. Now, last week you got a runner McCaffrey who had a great game. So I'm just a little worried about it um, going with New England. I understand why you go that way. It makes sense. But mm-hmm. I'm just feel a little squeamish 
yeah. on that. I, I think also we touched on this early before the season started. The Saints have an issue with their travels in the Superdome. And, uh, sure. This is going to be the third game in a row on the road to start the season. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw the videos this week, but apparently there was a fire in the roof of the Superdome. And so mm-hmm. it doesn't sound like they're going to be back there anytime soon. And I right. just wonder if mentally they're going to eventually get drained from just being on the road week in and week out. Oh, yeah, that's definitely going to happen, no question, over the course of the season. So, I mean, it could be a beatdown. They could just show up. And, and that's kind of what happened in Carolina. I was just surprised it was going to happen, at, you know, with Carolina. But this Carolina team may be sneaky good. You know, we will see. Rule has gotten his, you know, his group. What they were talking about on the radio about Carolina was that, you know, last year they went heavy defense, and all those young players are playing at a really high level. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll see what happens. This will be, to me, a, a very important game for the Saints going forward to figure if they've got some heart uh, and, and doing something. Yeah, yeah. very well, true. Let's turn to the marquee game in the 1 o'clock window here. Uh, this is the Chargers going to Kansas City. Huge ASC West, West matchup. Uh, Kansas City opens an eight-point favorite. Uh, they are at home, 46.5-point total. I don't know where that 46.5 came from because you never have a Chiefs game that low. But it's up to 55.5 now, and the Chiefs are now down to a 6.5-point favorite for the contest and basically consensus. Wow, I'm looking forward to this game, first of all, action. So, you know, I'll be – COVID quarantine, which is great. So I'll be sitting right here watching. But um, what do you make of this game? Like, it's it's weird. The Chargers, you know, still blow an early, you know, a one-score one game there in, in kind of weird fashion with the penalty, especially late with Jared Cook, not just with the taunting, but there was a legal shift on that play. Mm-hmm. The weird sack call that he wasn't even in the grasp. I mean, it was just bizarre. But in the end, the Chargers are playing pretty good football. Kansas City's not, um, but this is a game for Kansas City to flex their muscles. Six and a half seems like a really good number for this game, actually. So I was thinking it'd come a little higher, like the eight or seven and a half could go on the on the Chargers, but I don't know if I could pick either side here. Yeah, I uh, I think that the number is pretty close to where it should be. Uh, I, I do think it's a little light, though. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know... Kansas City really should have won the game on Sunday night if it weren't for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's fumble. They would have been in field goal range, and presumably Butker would have nailed it. And then I wonder what this number would have been had the Chiefs won. Are we looking at 7.5 or 8, maybe? Mm-hmm. And right. so for that reason, I my initial reaction was that I think that there's value on the Chiefs. And I think that uh, they're going to be extremely motivated in this game, too, coming off the big loss to the Ravens. They're going to want to right the ship and get off to the right foot in the division, too. This is their first division game of the season. Um, they have not been good against the spread, though. 1-11-1 against the number in their last 13 games. So That's right. they're certainly on a, a streak of downward proportions when you're talking about the number. And uh, I really do think, though, that if we were to play it, I would only want to look at the Chiefs. I'm not sure how you feel. No, I agree with you. It's Chiefs surpass. The number's too good for them. Uh, Again, that seven being a critical number, seven and a half, I could get on board maybe with the Chargers, or eight for sure. But six and a half, it's like you can see a touchdown. I mean, they they were scoring at will against the Ravens. I mean, I know the Ravens are a little depleted, but Chargers defense has been pretty good. I mean, you know, they've held down the two uh, NFC East teams, but right. they also should have given, I mean, that game was a weird game. It was a weird game. There were a lot of points taken off the board on both sides. 
the Cowboys ran all over them too. I, I think between Pollard and Zeke, I think they rushed for 200 yards. Do you they think did. that the Chiefs are willing to run against them and maybe give Edwards Alaire a little bit more touch this week to get the ground game going? I am not sold on Edwards Alaire as a yeah. running back. Um, you know, I, talk, I had a conversation with our buddy Aaron Mina, who uh, big fantasy guy. He's like, "What do you think of you know you buying low on Clyde Edwards Alaire?" I'm like, "I don't think he's got it, man. I mean, he's not showing it to me. It's certainly a buy low because the guy." can't get it done. So I think they should run the ball. Absolutely. But I don't know if they've got the horse for it. We'll see if they, maybe they put in the, the backup, you know, he's a bigger guy can run the football, but we'll see what happens. I mean, the chargers, they probably dedicated so much to the past. So you could run the ball. They really should. You're right. They should get the ball to there a lot. So I don't know if I could go yellow on this, but we can maybe, maybe we might be able to talk me to the chiefs on Saturday morning. Okay. All right. The next one is another uh, one of these 0-2 against the spread teams, right? Atlanta against the Giants. Isn't that right? That's right. Uh, two and a half point favors for the Giants at home. 43 point total is the opener. It's up to three now in the contest. 48 point total. I put Atlanta initially. Uh, I don't know. Like My stomach just turned a little bit. I, I kind of threw up in the back of my mouth just then. Um, I don't know if I can do it. They did score quite a bit early in the game against the Bucs. But then it was a two pick six and then that's all she wrote. So they didn't, they obviously didn't get the cover there. What are your thoughts on this game? I, I think that uh, the number's too big for what the giants are right now. And I think that there's value on the Falcons. They, right. um, you know, they, they finally got Kyle Pitts involved on Sunday. I was happy to see that six targets, five catches and 73 yards. And, and that's against the Bucks, who are supposedly this formidable defense. Obviously, their their pass defense is a little bit uh, uh, gives up a little bit more than the rush defense, but um, I also think that uh, the Giants are going to have a hard time running the the ball against the Falcons, mm-hmm. and uh, and you know Saquon Barkley did have that one big run last week, but I think you noted in the notes that uh, Daniel Jones is their leading rusher right now. Yes. So, uh, you know, the Giants have ten days rest. They played on Thursday night the week before. But I think getting three points here, I think this number really should be two and a half. And for that reason, I think that there's a little bit of value taking the Falcons plus three. You also have the opportunity for a push, which is certainly better than a loss. That's right. We know that. Talk to talk to our, our primetime Murphy on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, go ahead and put that as a yellow, even okay. though wow, I can't believe I'm suggesting that. Um, <laughs> so here we go. The next game is, you know, the Justin Fields starting debut uh bears go to cleveland and i guess do you think that this was open is this right the chicago opens a three and a half point favorite or is that miswritten huh. down no it that's got to be wrong yeah so, las vegas insider failed us today yeah let's say cleveland opened up as a three and a half point favorite and a 50 point uh total but it's up to seven now 46 and a half point total so the total's a little bit depressed Browns at seven, obviously opens up for the push again in this one. I don't know if I can back the Bears here. Um, I was all on them last week because I, you know, I know they weren't going to lose, can't lose. It's not that the Bears can't stop the run because they can. I think they can stop the run, but I just worry about this team against. Although the Cleveland hasn't played a good defense, but you know his start, the first start, I wasn't that impressed with him. He's going to have to run for his life. Uh, Fields is going to have to do it. And, you know, I'd put that against the rookie on the road in his first NFL start. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the look ahead number on this game last week was Browns nine and a half. Oh, came down. And so now the switch from Dalton to Fields, and we're looking at a seven, two and a half point move. Do you think that the move from Dalton to Fields results in a two and a half point increase for the Bears? No. Okay, me neither. Um, I I think that there's value with the Browns here. Mm-hmm. I um I think that Fields is you know the Browns defense has been performing very well this year despite playing the Chiefs offense in Week One, mm-hmm. and uh, obviously the the move to Mills last week certainly helped their numbers. But yes. uh, I think I think that uh, I think you're right. I think that Fields could be in for a long day on Sunday, and I also think on the other side that the Browns are going to be able to run the ball a little bit. So uh, I think that uh, there may be some value on the brownies. Okay. Boy, we're having a lot of yellows on this one. Yeah. This no slam dunks yet. Hopefully we'll get no one. Let's put another yellow on the board. Um, let's go to the next game. This is an AF, AFC North matchup. The, the Bengals are going to Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh opened as a six-and-a-half-point favorite, 47-point total. It's down to three-and-a-half, 44-point total. I was really hoping for the three and a half here, by the way, because mm-hmm. um, I was back in the Bengals initially when I saw the hooks early in the week. Um, Cincinnati's playing not not that bad. I mean, Burrow had those three bad plays. The defense is playing surprisingly better, and this is a divisional game. Now, three is really a good number for the Steelers, but they're not playing all that great. They played so well in week one defensively, but their offense has stunk. Do you think this is the get-right game for the Steelers on offense? No, I don't think so. I, I think this game has all the makings of a pretty low-scoring affair. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I was looking at the look-aheads for this game as well, and it was Steelers 4.5. And, and now, presumably, just based on the Roethlisberger injury news, it's down to 3. Mm-hmm. I did see that uh, Deontay Johnson still hasn't practiced this week, and I think that is going to be a major factor as well as T.J. Watt, you mentioned earlier, certainly yep. a factor in this game too. But I, I'm not quite sure that I'm ready to back the Bengals yet either. I know, I know. It's okay. We'll, we'll wait when Joe Burrow covers again. Okay. Uh, <laughs> he didn't cover last week, but it took a lot. How about this one? This is in the, the next window, the 4 o'clock window. The Dolphins are going to the, the, the Raiders. Raiders have been red hot. Uh, they open at one and a half at home, 48 and a half point total. They're all the way up to four in the contest. Consensus says three and a half with a 45 point total. Looks like a little bit of those, you know, predictive lines by Circa. Um, but I was on, I, I am on the Raiders here. Four is a bad number. Um, but Miami with, but you, you're on Miami, huh? You like the fat? <laughs> yeah. I think this number is way off. I mean, the Raiders have been great. They're 2-0, and they've won two games, but they were playing in the underdog role in those games. And mm-hmm. now they're coming back home after a huge win on the road in Pittsburgh, and they sure. have to lay four. And I, I'm just – I think that number is too big. I think it should be three. And um, for that reason, I think that there's value on the Dolphins, even with Brissett at quarterback. So what what happened to the Dolphins' defense last week? I mean, I was all on board with the Dolphins because I thought that they would keep the game close and you know too obvious they can grind the game. But defensively, they couldn't even get there. They were get they were getting beat by Buffalo. Mm-hmm. 
the Raiders, it's hard to say this, but I think the Raiders' offense is just as good as Buffalo right now. They're going to score some points in this game, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I think it was a factor of short fields. I'm trying to pull up the box score here. I, okay. I, if I recall, I think there was a couple of early turnovers in that game. Preset um, mm-hmm. threw a pick himself, and it gave the Buffalo Bills a couple of short fields, which they cashed in on. I don't think that Buffalo put up a ton of yards on them. So, right. I mean, despite the score line, which looks awful lopsided, I don't think that the yardage was uh, – I'm getting here now. Total yards, 318 yards for the Bills. Mm, so they weren't moving the ball up and down the field. It was probably a lot closer game than the box score indicates. Okay, so your turnovers were, well, 3-2. to two. Penalties, 83 yards for Dolphins. Okay. Um Mm, tough. And yet, it looks like, yeah, I mean, Josh Allen, 17 for 33 in that game. Not great as I look at the box score, only 179 yards. Well, it's a tough one, man. I I, um, I don't know if I can be talked into it. I, I We'll see. I, I don't know. I, I have other games that I think I'm a little more favorable to, but how strongly do you feel about that? Mm, not super strong. I mean, I, I would potentially color it yellow, but I'm not sure that I would feel higher on it than some of these others that we've already talked about. I do think that the Raiders are going to have fans there. I don't think the Miami fans are going to travel to Las Vegas for the big Dolphins game. They don't game. go to the games in Miami, <laughs> right? <you know? laughs> right. So I think this is one week, much like in week one, it turns out the Raiders had the home field advantage with the crowd. And, uh, right. you know, that's another a little tick to the side of the Raiders, but I, re- I think that the four is just too high. I think this is going to be a close game. Yeah, four is a bad number, certainly. Okay, let's get to the other one. This is another uh, gangbuster team with this amazing schedule. The Jets go to Denver. Denver's 2-0. and They've played very well. Uh, they open as a 7.5-point favorite, 42.5-point total, all the way up to 10. Consensus says 10.5 with a 41-point total. Ugh, that's too many points. I, I, I mean, I'm, if I'm picking the Broncos for Survivor, full disclosure, everybody's on the Survivor pool who listens, well, one person. So I think the Broncos should win this game. But this is one of those games that you think the Broncos are good, they host this team, and then somehow the Jets are got them in a dogfight in the fourth quarter because it'll be a, a low-scoring game. He says it right now, 41-point total, 10-point margin, right? And that's, that's crazy. What's the expected totals? Like 21, like what is it 24 to 14 or something like that yeah something like that you know what i mean so you know 19 to 19 to 9 it's just 25 15 short game you know it's going to be like you can get an easy backdoor cover for the jets in this one yeah the backdoor could be open definitely and you know you talked about it last week too that teddy covers mantra is really also in the underdog role and i can be i don't have a database in front of me but i can pretty Damn well, I'll be sure that you can count on one hand how many times Teddy Bridgewater has been a 10-point favorite in a football game. So, <laughs> yeah, very rarely. Uh, I, I agree. I think the number's too big, but I am definitely not back in the Jets here. Oh, yeah. Well, Zach Wilson is going to be in for a long day with that Broncos front. Yes. Although uh, the loss of Bradley Chubb, I think, is, is going to be a huge factor for this Broncos uh, pass rush. You know, right. him being on the other side of uh, – and I can't remember the other pass rusher, but um, Chubb is certainly one of the big players on this defense, and that loss is going to be key. Yeah, Von Miller's the other Miller, guy. Thank so, you. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's fascinating, I tell you. But 
I think Wilson's going to have to run the ball in this game. You know, he's going to have to do short little passes. And and I think the Jets' defense, you know, they didn't play great last week, but they weren't terrible either. You know, I think Salah's going to have them up for this game. So I'm not saying you got to back the Jets, but this is one of those 0-2. They didn't cover either week, right, the Jets? Right. We'll see. We wouldn't be surprised if it comes in because of the cover. Of the they, they haven't come close to covering either. <laughs> it's not like they were close. Fourteen in week one. They went for two. That oh, would have got covered. They were three I, and a half dogs, I think, on the road. So they would have covered with that two-point conversion. From I stand Ireland. corrected. You're right. So here's the uh, like another bigger marquee game in the four o'clock window. The Bucks, Tampa Bay, are going to the Rams in L.A. Uh, Rams open as a two and a half point favorite in this one. 52.5-point total. Total's up to 55. Consensus says that the uh, Bucks are the one-point favorite now. Our contest says one and a half. I'm on the Rams here, dude, and I'm not a I'm not a Stafford backer at all. I don't, I don't like him at all. But I don't like – well, first of all, the line moves pretty large. At least that opener is correct. We don't know. But um, the Rams' defensive front can get after Brady with the four, and – the Rams, I think, can score on this team. Unless Tampa's going to all of a sudden start playing defense. I don't know. When are they going to start playing defense, actually? Yeah, I mean, uh, well, the, they performed pretty well in week one. Remember the uh, against the Cowboys, the, a few key turnovers gave the Cowboys some short fields. So mm-hmm. I think the final score in that game was a little bit uh, misleading. But I keep going back to last year's game when the Rams mm-hmm. came into Tampa on a yep. Monday night. And they beat them 27-24. Mm-hmm. And uh, there certainly potentially is some matchup advantage. And that was with Goff at quarterback, too, yeah, obviously. Exactly. Um, so I think there could be some matchup advantages there. But I also think that Tampa Bay has this game circled because of that one last year. Mm-hmm. And I, I've already bet the Bucks. I um, I think that the Rams' defense is not as good as they have been historically through two weeks they're giving up uh plenty of yards 340 per game and last week the colts got into the red zone at least three times that i can remember in the first half and they couldn't get it into the end zone and so i think that uh in that game and also in week one the bears moved the ball on them as well dalton looked pretty good if you remember and Mm -hmm. i think that the rams um dropping in their defense may not necessarily make up for the positive gain that they made with the quarterback change. Okay. Opposite sides again, action. So I guess yeah. we're, we're not breaking this game. Yeah. Um, I, I'm okay with that, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. Okay. Can I interest you in a Minnesota Vikings game? Oh, yeah. Seattle playing at Minnesota. Uh, Seattle open as a two and a half point favorite on the road, 51 point total. It's up to a 55 and a half point total. These defenses stink. Uh, one and a half point favorite now in the contest and consensus for Seattle. I like Minnesota. I don't know why they got to win a game at some point. They should have won two so far, or at least one of those two. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to win this game outright, uh, only because they're not going to go on three in Seattle. Look, they got a great offense. We know Wilson can, you know, Russ can cook, but his defense is suspect. And unless Minnesota, I mean, what do you think the difference between Seattle's defense and the Cardinals defense is? It can't be that much, right? No. Yeah, I agree. I, I think, I think you're right on the Seattle defense is not very good. They, they looked good in the box score against the Colts in week one, but last week they gave up a ton of yards to that Titans defense, even 
even though we talked about in the first half they couldn't punch it into the end zone, the Titans really came to play in the second half with Derrick Henry, and I think that Dalvin Cook is going to have a big game this week against the Seahawks as well. And I'm right there with you. I I think that uh, the Vikings is maybe a slam dunk pick for us. Right. Hey, we got a green one. Yeah. A green one. Even though in our original write-up it was two. I, one and a half is not a great number, but two is it's about the same, I suppose, in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, um, I don't know what the number is currently as we speak. I mean, I'm seeing some ones here already mm-hmm. pop up. So I think by game time you might see this out of Pick'em or potentially even the Vikings as a short favorite. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Okay, so the Sunday night game is, you know, a matchup we've seen many times. Uh, Green Bay is going to San Francisco. Uh, San Francisco has been on the road for the first two games, their first you know, home game, but maybe it means nothing in this modern NFL. Uh, they opened as a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home, 45-and-a-half-point total. Totals all the way up to 49, and the contest is three-and-a-half. Hate the hook. But, um, you know, San Francisco's owned this matchup. I don't know if there's any difference. There's been some injuries, I'm sure, San Francisco, but Green Bay, you know, they, they struggled against Detroit in the first half, and they looked terrible in week one. So, I mean, I still like the 49ers. I don't know if it's a contest pick, but I definitely would back that side, not Green Bay. Yep, I'm right there with you. I was really hoping to see a three in this game, too, but I think that the final contest number is pretty indicative as to where they see the money going in this matchup. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been watching this one really closely all week because I, I, I thought it would be super telling to see what happens between uh, the number and kickoff, whether it sticks at that three. It's really hovered between three and three and a half all week. And right. um, the, the fact that uh, the line hasn't moved quite a, yet – I think is really indicative. I mean, despite 70% of the bets on the Packers, you're still seeing that number at three, three and a half. And right. so um, I think that the Niners are, are going to be the side here. And the historic numbers against the Niners have been really bad for Green Bay. And they don't play well on the road either, especially in California. Remember two years ago, they went to the Chargers and they got shellacked. So, hey, we talked about the Sunshine States. Come on. Yeah. In California, they, they can't get it done there. So this is prime time, even though it's not going to be, it'll be sunny when they start the game. But, yeah. uh, and I yeah. think, I think the Packers, yeah. I think the Packers rush defense is going to be a problem as well because San Francisco, you know, is going to be ready to run on them. Right, right. Okay. Hey, we might, I don't know, we, we pencil this in green or we go in yellow here? I, I think we could pencil it in green. We could talk yeah. about it more on Saturday morning, but I think, I also, I'm not sure if this is going to be a popular pick. That's the only hesitation I have. Do you see a lot of the contest players going on in the Niners? It's hard to say what the contest is doing right now because mm-hmm. last week they picked some games, you know, opposite of us, which have worked out for us. So that's why we jumped in the standings. But to me, it's a clear pick for the 49ers. But that half, maybe, you know, the, the, the hook may push people off the number, you know, push people off the pick. So True. We're okay. Okay. All right. So the Monday night game, you got Philly against Dallas. This is a big, you know, NFC West or NFC East matchup. Uh, Dallas opened as a three and a half point favorite, 52 and a half point total. It's basically there right now. Consensus says four. Contest is three and a half for the Cowboys, 51 and a half point total. I mean, should be a great football game. A divisional dog that would tell you to take the Eagles with this number. I don't know if I can do that, but, um, I'm happy to stay away here. I, I originally put Dallas in this one because I think they're the better team, 
but that divisional road dog, you know, I keep hearing, you know, Applebaum always talks about that shit. I, he, he's always talking about the division road dog and taking the number, but what are, you, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I initially, when these numbers came out, thought I would find myself on the Eagle side mm-hmm. as well with Josh Applebaum in the road underdog narrative. Mm-hmm. But the more I looked into the numbers, especially last week, I I think that uh, the Eagles, I wasn't quite as impressed with their offense as I expected them to be. And, you know, we talked about how the Eagles were a really sharp play last week. And I think mm-hmm. that was one of the consensus picks that lost yes. in the contest. And mm-hmm. uh they, I think they had like uh, I counted like 338 yards in that game, but 90 of those came on the one play before the half. That hurts through the bomb down to the other end, and they ended up not scoring on that drive. But right. uh, despite that play, the the Niners only gave up like 240 yards in the whole game yeah. to the Eagles. And right. so I, I think that uh, Dallas's defense showed us a little something last week too against the Chargers. And uh, and then on the other side, I mean. Dak Prescott has been excellent this year. So and Tony Pollard broke out as well. So I, I uh, long story short, I talked myself into staying away from it. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of blah, blah for nothing. I mean, I, I could see, I could see Dallas, but uh, I don't know about three and a half, you know? Right. 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 Okay. Sounds good. Well, we, we've written down some here. Uh, we, we've yelled out some others. Um, just review, so we're on the opposite sides. We're not gonna. I won't even mention the uh, the Jags game. You originally like the Cardinals. I I like the Jags and take off for that one. You definitely like the Patriots. I'm feeling weird about it. Uh, feeling squeamish because I think the Saints are gonna play well. Okay. We're both on the Vikings here. Yep. It's an ugly dog, but it's a home dog, and they've got to win. Uh, we both have talked about Atlanta. It definitely maybe could get on board being the dog on the road because you know the Giants aren't that impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are opposite sides here. Are we? Are you on the Tampa game? Side? Oh yeah, we're opposite sides of the yeah. Tampa game, of course. Um, it sounds like you might be able to get on board with me with Washington, the seven and a half at Buffalo. I do. I, I uh, just real quick. I don't think I mentioned this earlier. I think that Washington might be a popular play this week. So okay. We'll have to consider that on Saturday morning. Might take that off. Uh, the the Bengals at Pittsburgh, I, I do think that's a pretty good play at the plus three. That seems like a good game for us. A um, little bit, do we opposite on the Raiders? Yeah, you like Miami in that game. I do. You do. So we're opposite on that one. And then we did mention the, the Greens at the end here. The San Francisco we like against Green Bay. I didn't even make the list. So um, it sounds like we're kind of like, we're kind of staying off the Dallas Philly game, even though we think Dallas is better. So right. it looks like you like Dallas here. You didn't mention that earlier. I, I do. I do okay. like Dallas, but that divisional road dog thing. And like, yeah. uh, don't God, let Apple bomb scare you. What's that? I said, don't let Apple bomb scare you. It's always with the dogs, but the dogs have been barking. So he's not wrong. Um, True. Well, that just means that it could be a, a favorite bounce back week. Yes. Well, at some point it's going to happen. And it usually happens more like week seven and eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you'll have a lot of dogs for four, five, six weeks. And then all of a sudden it's favorite, favorite, favorite. It's also, you know, for our listeners that follow us or, or are trying to get better at this, you got to understand that the books are smart. You know, they're doing numbers like us. So they're adjusting the lines every week. You know, we're trying to figure it out. You'll, you'll find as the season goes on, the lines get sharper and sharper. They're right on the number, very close oh, yeah. to the number. They are 
for the most part early, but you're not going to get a week where 11 dogs are going to come in in week 16 or 15. It's not going to happen. It's just they get better at their job just like we do. So just so you know, you might start off hot and you could cool off at the end of the season. So, well, let's talk about the contest action. You know, obviously through two weeks, that's 10 picks. You've got 12 entries at 10 and 0, and you've got another 70 at 9 and 1. Uh, but we're right in the hunt. You know, we're doing pretty well. We went 4 and 1 with this week. We're 7 and 3 overall. We're tied for 345th place. It's a pretty good spot for us. I don't, mm-hmm. I'd have to go back. I don't know if I tallied where we were at every week, but that's certainly a good start for us. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts? I'm feeling good. I hope that we can keep this train rolling. I think that uh, both of us have some renewed focus here to start the season and uh you know we're we're looking at games in different ways and i i think that uh we're trying to zig while the contest zags so keep that up and we'll maintain our pace and see if we can get a quarter prize that's right i mean i think that that's a big thing we talk about this for the people who are in the contest want to learn about it you know we do try to stay away from the top five picks if we can um, sometimes it burns us because if, if obviously they come in and we don't, then we're in trouble. But if we pick the same as a contest, we're not getting anywhere, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to stay where we're at. You're never going to move up. And oftentimes there is a little bit of group think out there, right? So there's people thinking, like we talked about the Eagles game, and I almost talked us into that. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Action, for getting me off the ledge. But we stayed away from it. It came in a loser. You know, they all hit. And they, they what did they go, 2-2-1 two, two or 2-3? Or two, two I, I think it was 2-3. and three. Last week, yeah, yeah. the Steelers were so, on there too. You know, that, that's when we can move up in the contest quickly. So, nice work, action. Let's keep it going. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm excited for the weekend, and uh, hopefully, you guys are following us and actually winning some bets. I know Suter is, he keeps texting me. I don't know if he knows we're, we're, we're doing it right now. We, we, we want to talk about that um, Justin Fields rushing prop, which started off as 41.5 and, and now is up to 49.5. It's like getting up like crazy in his first start, but, um, but we do have some listeners that are, they're active, active betters and listen to us. Yeah. I, I didn't even think about Justin Fields rushing prop. I was looking at Clyde Edwards Hilaire against the chargers going over this week. I also think that Antonio Gibson of the Washington football team was a little bit low as well against the bills. Sure. Sure. That's, that opens the door. We can talk a little more about props another week, I suppose, but, yeah. um, all right. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, follow us at Sign Action Pod on Twitter. Follow me at Wexpool on Twitter and Instagram. And follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. All right, everybody. Well, good luck this week. Peace out, y'all. That's a wrap for this episode of the Side Action Podcast. We appreciate all of your listens and thank you for joining us. We'll see you all again next week on Thursday for some more hot picks and side action. podcast its owners and associates take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the show hosts or their guests statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of this podcast and opinions between talk show hosts may conflict individuals following the advice given on the podcast accept their own risk of losses from wagers made as the side action podcast its owners hosts associates or guests will not guarantee any advice given 
The opinions and advice given on the Side Action Podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Intro and outro and transition music credits. Song titles, Jerry 5 and District 4 by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.org. Licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 3.0. Creativecommons.org backslash licenses backslash by 3.0.